This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. And we're off and running. It is a Monday. Hello, everybody. Monday after a Saints game is always interesting and uh, even more interesting on this particular Monday after yesterday's loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Sean Kelly with you. John DeShazer's alongside. We're set to go as we begin a new week of the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. And we are in Studio B on Airline Drive today. We are going to talk a lot of football today, not only uh, Saints but also across the league. Steve White from the NFL Network is uh, set to join us on this Monday, give us uh, his take on things around the NFL. I want to ask him about the NFC East. <laughs> Man, is that is that some kind of an interesting watch right now? But we'll do that. We'll uh, ask him about the big game last night between the Packers and the Seahawks and a whole lot more. And we'll hear from some of the Saints as well. Talk to a couple of the players in the locker room yesterday following the loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And so it looks like we'll... Uh, We'll get some thoughts from young Willie Sneed, linebacker David Hawthorne, and also running back Mark Ingram today. Those are all on the show. But, J.D., um, Monday is not really Monday for us. It's kind of a continuation of Sunday to some extent. But I understand the Mondays are out there for not just everybody, but Saints fans in particular here this week. Well, it's never going to be a good Monday uh, around town when the Saints are not successful. Uh, that dates back to, I guess, the inception of the franchise. So, you know, when they don't win, uh, it's kind of blues. And uh, and when they do win, it's euphoria. So we want to get back to that euphoric feeling, obviously. But, uh, you know, 0-2 is, is 0-2. You know, as, as Bill Parcells, uh, Sean Payton's idol, always says, you are what your record says you are. And the Saints record says they're 0-2, and, and, uh, and they have not played particularly well in either one of those games. Uh, maybe in a spot here or there, but certainly not enough to sustain long enough to win a game. So, you know, that's what they've got to work on. We heard Cam Jordan talk about it yesterday, how, you know, finishing a game and, and playing throughout. And even though the defense played well yesterday, you still look at it. And defensively, basically what Cam Jordan is saying, hey, if a, if a shutout, you know, if you got to pitch a shutout, if that's what's necessary, then, you know, that's what's going to have to be necessary. But, you know, one way or the other, somebody, one unit or the other, is going to have to pick up, you know, and they're going to have to play consistent throughout. Uh, game one, we saw the offense play decent except the red zone and, and, the, and the defense give up a chunk of yards. Game two, we see the, uh, the offense sputter uh, to a degree that we're not certainly not accustomed to around here and to see the defense play pretty well. And the, and the special teams didn't play pretty, all that well yesterday either. So, you know, you got to even it out, level it off, and everybody's got to play well at the same time. My fear, John, is that um, Saints fans are looking at these first two games, more notably yesterday, and saying, I don't know where to start. And that may be the case down the hall in the Saints locker room too because not only did you just mention all three phases of the football team, um, but when you look at the body of work so far, uh, it is a hard question on on where do you start. And, and I don't necessarily think that these first two games are a clear indication of where this whole season's going to go, but I do understand that aspect of it. Well, I mean, you know, fans are going to be fans. So that's, <laughs> you know, that's that's what happens. But, I mean, yeah, you had some question marks in all three phases in, in within the first two games, and then, and then you toss in the penalties where, you, you know, um, on Sunday against Tampa Bay it was 10 for 115 yards. So, you know, there are areas, you know, there is no such thing as, you know, not, you know, being efficient anywhere right now for the Saints. Uh, totally. You always hear coaches and players talk about cleanup. 
Well, now you're talking about clean up in aisle six and aisle seven and aisle eight, aisle nine, aisle ten. So there's a lot of work to be done. Uh, you hear guys all the time, even after wins, saying, okay, there are things that we can improve on. Well, the Saints obviously have some some deep areas where they need to improve on that. How far away are they? I don't know. I mean, you know, play as bad as you do at home and lose by a touchdown. Um, play not well at Arizona and hang in until the last, you know, two, three minutes of the game. You know, you can look at it a positive from that side, but the bottom line in this business and every other business is winning, not how close you come, not how good you look. You know, you scratch out the wins and then you let them stack up where they are at the end of the season. And right now, Saints are 0-2. So, you know, I don't think there's going to be a full-blown panic mode or anything, but, you know, there obviously are areas that have to be addressed, whether it's protection for Drew Brees. He gets sacked four times yesterday and gets batted around. That's not something that, you know, the Saints were having an expectation of when you trade for Max Unger, so certainly you want to address that. Um, uh, you want to get some more production out of the receivers. Uh, Marcus Colson basically had comes off the bench and leads the receiving core yesterday, and you're not getting the production that you want to see out of those young guys. Um, the running game has has been stuck, not in neutral, but in reverse almost for the first two games, except for you know maybe the second half yesterday when Tampa Bay may be in a little bit more of a pass defense where the Saints are able to run against them. Uh, defensively, the secondary you know, only allowed Jameis Winston, you know, barely over 200 yards yet, but it was an efficient 200 yards where he didn't have to throw so much because they ran the ball pretty effectively. And you still keep getting the, the, the penalties in the defensive backfield. So, yeah, he only throws for, you know, 210 or so yards. But if you tack on, you know, another 50, 60 in defensive penalties in the defensive backfield, when all of a sudden you're talking about a 300-yard passing day. So, yeah, there are areas that have to be addressed and have to be more than cleaned up. I mean, there might be some some changes on the way, even though it's week two. But, you know, Coach Payton mentioned yesterday, hey, either we got to do what we're doing better or we got to f- find somebody who can do it. Yeah, that's true. You mentioned the run game in the second half. I thought Kyrie Robinson was the spark there. Uh, I like the way that he finished his plays. Um, that did give them a lift. I think it actually probably took the game from being kind of a mail-it-in situation to, hey, let's see what happens here. And I, and I thought that was – a positive. I, I thought it was a positive also that C.J. Spiller uh, started his limited comeback yesterday as well. I think that can only mean good things. John, if you and I didn't see this team put in the work that they do on a daily basis, and if you and I didn't like this locker room, I mean, just as far as collectively what this group is, is like, the different vibe that we felt not only during training camp at the start of the season, I would be gravely worried about things. But because we've seen those two things, I almost feel like, and Drew Brees even kind of hinted at this yesterday, I almost feel like if this team can clean up just enough to win a game, that may be the whole thing. Win one, and it changes the whole thing. I've seen it before. It doesn't happen all the time, but I've seen it before where a team puts in the work, takes their lumps, but when they finally get that one taste of victory, they get that one, okay, we're okay now, things write themselves almost in rapid fashion. Well, what, what's, I think the saying in baseball, I guess I'm paraphrasing, is, you know, I guess momentum is as close as the next day starting pitcher. Yeah. Uh, you know, so really, it, you know, you win one, and that one-game winning streak maybe turns into two or three, but, you know, you got to get to the one. Obviously, not going to be easy to get the one going to Carolina against a division rival. And even though Ter- Carolina isn't tearing it up offensively, Cam Newton is extremely efficient. Uh, and he runs the football for, you know, 50, 60, 70 yards a game. So, you know, maybe he throws for 200 and he runs for another 70. That's about a 300-yard game 
from a guy who really doesn't have any receivers to, to speak of to throw the ball to. So it's going to be difficult to win at Carolina, obviously. Then Dallas, you know, comes in and you say, well, Dallas will limp in. They won't have Romo. They won't have, you know, they traded DeMarco Murray. Uh, they won't have, you know, Des Bryant. You know, don't worry about what they don't have. You have to worry about what they do have because they were able to finish out a win at Philly yesterday. Uh, you know, so, again, you can't take anything for granted. You look on paper and say, okay, they ought to win this one. They ought to win this one. They might struggle here. Might... No, the game's played on the field, so you got to see what happens on the field. If you played it on paper, they'd win Tampa Bay yesterday. You don't play them on paper. you got to get out there and execute. You can't turn it over three times. Your quarterback can't be sacked four times. You can't commit ten penalties. You can't, you know, miss a PA. You can't have a PAT blocked and, and miss a field goal. All of those things, you you know, you wrap them all together, and, and, and all of a sudden now you're talking about 0-2. And, yeah, fans are going to be despondent, and I'm sure players are probably, you know, if they're not despondent, they're probably pretty ticked off to be 0-2 and, and especially to come home and to play that way, knowing all the stakes. And now that's six straight home losses dating back to last season in a place where, you know, for a time, you know, if a team walked in here, they pretty much knew they were going to walk out with a loss. Now all of a sudden everybody feels like they can get a win in here, and the Saints got to flip that script. Yep. Okay, you're right. Bottom line is it's an ugly Monday. <laughs> And uh, hopefully it will be a better Monday next week. Uh, pretty ugly Monday in Philly right now, you got to think, at 0-2. Pretty ugly Monday in Chicago right now. The Bears are a mess. Jay Cutler's now hurt. Uh, Cowboys situation is interesting, as you mentioned. Des yeah. Bryant now. Yeah. And Seattle's and 0-2. Tony Romo. Tony Romo, yeah. And yeah. Seattle's 0-2. Yeah, but Seattle's kind of a different 0-2, it seems, almost. I mean, they don't seem... You know, they seem really, really, really hopeful publicly. But, again, you never, you never know what's happening behind the scenes. But to lose one at Green Bay, obviously, is no shame. Uh, to lose one uh, against the Rams, I think that was on the road also. Yeah. Uh, really no shame. The Rams are not a bad team. Uh, so, you know, but they got some they got some areas where you know, I'm sure they're in Seattle talking about what they got to clean up today, too, because they didn't expect to be, even though a tough opening schedule, they didn't expect to be 0-2. Cam Chancellor's got a little leverage working his way right now. Yeah, well, you know, if, if if you're Cam Chancellor, you're sitting you're sitting tight. But I mean, the organization's probably looking at it like you know how much, you know, of a difference is a defensive back, a safety, going to make in what they're doing because I I don't know how much of a difference he's going to make. But certainly, he's sitting back saying, okay, you guys see the impact I have. But from what I hear, they are they are holding firm. They are not going to renegotiate with him. So we'll see we'll see what happens with that. And then there's the NFC South. After all that last year. Two teams are two and zero, Carolina and Atlanta. All of a sudden, yeah, but I mean, you know, it can go bad. And I, I will say this: I am extremely impressed with Atlanta, especially defensively. Um, we knew Dan Quinn was going to come in. We knew he was a defensive coordinator in Seattle. We knew he was going to, you know, probably institute a new defense and and hopefully, you know, get the Falcons playing better on that side of the ball. But who knew they were going to be flying around and playing the kind of defense that they are right now? Um, they really kind of take your breath away. I mean, they. They are swarming to the ball now. You know, are they beating world beaters? No, uh, the Giants and whoever they beat in week one. But you know what? That doesn't matter. You got to beat who's on the schedule. I mean, that's what it comes down to. And they're playing well enough defensively to where if they can hold teams to, you know, 17, 20, they've got enough offense to where they're going to score. So it's just a matter of time. And that's what they did against the Giants yesterday. They were able to hold the Giants long enough for the offense to put it together and, and score and win the game. That's true. That's true. Hey, the Saints locker room is open to the media this morning, um, and then head coach Sean Payton will hold his Monday presser as well. All that available for you at NewOrleansSaints.com. We'll hear from a couple of guys in the locker room a little bit later in our show, but we'll uh, send John off to the locker room, and we'll take a quick break and bring in Steve Weich from the NFL Network right after this.
Everything you need to know about your New Orleans Pelicans is right in the palm of your hands. The New Orleans Pelicans app is easy to use, plus makes an excellent companion whether you're watching the team in the Smoothie King Center or on the road. Recently added features on the app include the latest videos and highlights, plus access to a full list of arena amenities. Download the Pelicans app for free now on your iPhone or Android devices. For more information, check out pelicans.com today. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Power outages turn your world upside down. You need to know when your power will come back on, and you want to know what happened. The fastest way to stay informed? Entergy text alerts. You'll get prompt updates on when your power will be restored and on what happened. You can even send a text to be sure your outage is being repaired. When the power is out, what's faster than calling? Texting. Sign up today at EntergyText.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. We call it No Appointment Radio. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the show. As we continue on this Monday, as we promised, we'll talk a lot of NFL and across the board league-wide. We do so with our old friend Steve White from the NFL Network. Of course, you see him all over the place for the NFL Network. He's a huge part of uh, the uh, news and uh, coverage that he delivered to us. This is a must-watch guy, and it's Steve White. We welcome him back. Steve, thanks again for being with us on a busy Monday. Hey, Sean, anytime. Look, we're two Sundays in now, um, and there's no shortage of storylines across the NFL. I, you know, <laughs> as far as appointment television and weekly drama goes, uh, the NFL is once again living up to its billing. We've had great matchups and, as I mentioned, great storylines already two weeks into this thing. Well, I mean, that, that's what it is. And, you know, think about week one, the overreaction. You know, oh, Marcus Mariota is already MVP. Um, you know, Jameis Winston is a bust. You know, you, you've got so much doom and gloom in places, and everything kind of settled back to normal this week, except, you know, you have the injuries with Tony Romo in Dallas, you know, after Des Bryant, just pretty much topsy-turvy world of quarterbacks in the NFC East. Um, so week three, I mean, we always say week three is where teams really start to formulate their identity, and we kind of see – who and what they are, but as you know, in New Orleans, there's a couple teams right now who've got some some early holes to dig out of. Well, there's no doubt about that. DeShazer and I just talked about that, kind of broke down the Saints game in detail, and then talked about the holes that Chicago's dug themselves into. I'm not so concerned about Seattle's 0-2, but Philadelphia's an interesting take right now. Dallas has those injuries. Um, you know, as far as drama and storylines go, does anybody top the NFC East right now, Steve? I mean, because first off, you have to start with Dallas. They're 2-0. Um, they came in as the best team in the division, and now they lose Tony Romo for it looks like at least two months. That's after losing Des Bryant. You know, Randy Gregory and Greg Hardy are out. Rolando McLean is out. They lose their best DB in Orlando Scandrick before the season, for the season, and they're still playing football. But, you know, right now we, we see the banana peel. Can Brandon Whedon keep this team at least in playoff contention 
until or if Tony Romo comes back. And you look at the rest of the division, and there's no reason to think that he can't because the Giants, they can't, you know, Eli Manning can't tell time or, or manage time. Philadelphia looks like it could be, you know, remember the heat Andy Reid took when he built the so-called dream team and it fell apart. Well, this could be the nightmare team, um, including head coach Chip Kelly. And as crazy as it sounds, <laughs> Washington would seem to have the most insane quarterback situation coming into the season might have the most stable in that division. Uh, it is it is mind-blowing. And, and as you mentioned earlier, it is only week two. I mean, we'll learn a lot more, but out of the gate, this is the, the, the high-drama division. Um, Steve, is there a team or two that surprised you in any way through the first two weeks toward the positive? Uh, towards the positive, um, you know, I, I think – I think we have to kind of look at, um, you know, even though the the, the record is is one and one, um, the Minnesota Vikings, because I think you know they found themselves this week. When I when I saw what they did against San Francisco, I had no idea why they weren't giving it to Adrian Peterson, why they were going to throw it a million times, how the defense got gashed, and then they come back and they play a really good game uh, against Detroit. But I think more than any team, if we're looking at the positives, we have to go to the NFC South. The Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons, um, and especially the Panthers, because you know Matt Ryan's got Julio Jones and Roddy White. He's got weapons. You know, you look at the Panthers, and you're like, what do they have? And Cam Newton has been fantastic. Um, they really gutted out a tough one yesterday after losing another receiver in Jericho Cotchery, not having Luke Keekley, their best player, uh, who's out with a concussion. Um, so Cam Newton has been, you know, just fantastic. I think Ron Rivera's done a great job just in keeping this team together. And you know in this division, every win is crucial because it might only take eight to win this division. And they're already, you know, out to a 2-0 and start as well as the Falcons. So I think those are your two kind of positive surprises, but especially Carolina. Well, it's interesting that you bring up Carolina because here go the Saints off to Carolina to take on the 2-0 Panthers this coming weekend. Um, how do you see the Carolina Panthers – taking another step toward week three have they done enough to uh to sustain the good start say through the rest of this month or is it a 2-0 start that has um the edge of the cliff kind of next to it yeah i mean it's a 2-0 start on wobbly knees but but i think that's how it's going to be every week for this team just because it doesn't have playmakers it's going to rely on its defense to get takeaways and give the offense short fields week in and week out I mean, cam newton's not going to be able to do what he's done every week I mean, there's going to be tough moments, and somebody else is going to have to step up, and you're just wondering who that, you know, who, who that's going to be. So, the Orleans should go in there and, and and get on track and win that that ball game next week. I mean, it'd be huge. I mean, I think it's a must for the Saints, and I could say it's a must win. But the way that the Saints have played, they resemble nothing of the Saints we kind of grew used to a couple of years ago. Um, but you know, I, you just you just don't know yet. I mean, Carolina's one of those teams that's going to be have to be eight weeks in and winning for I think to, to finally convince people that this is a legitimate team, even though we know how good its defense is. Steve White with us from the NFL Network. Hey, Steve, before I let you get off to your next thing here, um, we are I think on track uh, after tonight to have the most penalized weekend in the history of the league. I'm I hope I'm right on that. But if that's the case, is that is that a red flag in itself? No, I mean, I think, you know, there were some points of emphasis that the league came into the season with in terms of especially fighting or things that could lead up to fighting. 
Also, the penalty we saw, if you watched the Packers-Seahawks game last night, where there was a scrum for a fumble, and I believe it was a Packers player tried to pull, grab the leg of a Seahawks player to pull him off the pile, and they flagged the penalty. I think we're seeing a lot of those right now, but the one thing I, I've noticed, the, the two things I've noticed, I'd say in terms of penalties that seem to be in abundance that you know are kind of like, let's go back to high school, is we're seeing a lot of delay of game penalties where the quarterback can't get the clock. I mean, even at home, I mean, we saw some with the Giants yesterday. Like, you're at home, so the crowd noise shouldn't impact you. We seem to see a lot of uh, neutral zone infraction and penalties, too, where these pass rushers, they're trying to time the snap count, and they're losing. You know, the quarterbacks are hitting with the hard count. Those will all kind of settle back in as we go on. Um, but I don't know the breakdown of a lot of the penalties, but I do think some of the, you know, the physical penalties that the league wanted to emphasize to try to discourage fighting and things like that. You know, some of the precipitatory causes, I think we've seen flags on that. But the delay of game penalties is the one that, that's really peculiar to me. Let's end on this, Steve. I, I can I kind of like, like, like maybe we do this each week, but uh, let's play the NFL stock market a little bit. Who is the blue chip of blue chip of all stocks in the NFL after week two, and who is the stock that you better sell? Which team should you dump right now? Obviously, this will change week to week, but I guess give me your number one and give me your number 32. Well, the blue chip is the Patriots, but you're not going to invest in a very successful <laughs> stock. I mean, just because there's no surprise. But right now, I'm going to invest in the, in the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes, they, you know, they lost the, the first game of the season to New England, but I think this is a team that can get on a roll. If I'm selling, if I'm selling uh, a stock right now and it's, and it's trending down, the Houston Texans, uh, I don't really know what they have going on there. A lot of it's on the quarterback, but they just don't seem uh, to be playing well. I don't know if anyone necessarily had them pegged as a playoff team, but I think they had them as one of those fringe teams. Yeah, right now the Texans and another team I want to throw in that lot is the Detroit Lions. I, I don't know what they've got going on offensively. Uh, we knew the Indomitian Sioux loss was going to hurt them, but they don't seem like they're, they're on the same page either, and that's a team with a lot of potential to be good. The Lions that have to fix this pretty quick. Yep. All good thoughts there. We'll see what it plays out after we get through uh, week three. Steve Weich from the NFL Network. Again, uh, we're so grateful to have you on as many Mondays as we can uh, for your perspective on the league. And uh, for folks to follow you on Twitter, am I correct in saying it's at Weich89, W Y C H E? Yep, W-Y-C-H-E-89. Hey, you got a new show on NFL Network, don't you? You guys started up something last week, didn't you? That's right. We uh, we actually started it last season midway through called The Aftermath. Uh, it comes out at 3 p.m. Eastern time, so 2 p.m. Central down in New Orleans. It's Brian Baldinger, Rhett Lewis, who is a native New Orleanian. Uh, uh, Nate Brolson and myself, probably the smartest football conversation show on, on any network where you film a lot of high intellect and just a lot of behind-the-scenes um, conversation to answer the question why things have happened, not stating the obvious. I love it. That's the kind of analysis we need in a very crowded room, if you know what I mean. So that's perfect. I hear you. Uh, Cardinals in the postseason. Are, we, are you and I, because we're both St. Louis guys, uh, are we feeling comfortable about this? Do I really want to end this conversation with this, or are we okay? Yeah, this is, this is not a good way to end it with. I think <laughs> we're going to get in and we have to hope for something to happen. But, but you talked about trending down. We're trending down right now. We, we peaked a little early. Hopefully they can get themselves back on track. All right. I'm with you. Five straight postseasons. I'll take that. Steve, we'll look forward to hopefully uh, visiting with you next Monday. Have a great week, and we'll be watching on the NFL Network. Sounds good, John. Take yep. Care. Steve Weich. And we'll uh, take a break and be right back.
Ever been surprised by a bill? A big bill that's higher than expected? Entergy's online tools let you take control. Try level billing so there are no surprises. Pick a due date that works for you. And sign up for alerts to remind you when your bill is due. Make your bills fit your budget. Don't wait another month. Take action today at EntergyIdeas.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. At Smoothie King, we're so much more than just fruit and a blender. Because each and every Smoothie King smoothie is blended for a purpose. Whether you want to make it one more mile or simply make it through the day, we have a smoothie just for that. Bring us your purpose and we'll blend it. Looking to purify your diet? Hurry in now and try our new nutty super grain vegan smoothie. Made with almond milk, Sun Warrior protein, super grains, and a peanut taste you'll go nutty for. Only at Smoothie King, proud supporter of the New Orleans Pelicans. Smoothies with a purpose. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. We forge ahead on this Monday here by taking you inside the Saints locker room uh, after yesterday's loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, A couple of key guys here I got the chance to visit with after the football game. Um, I'm sure if if I were to have the same conversation with them today, it may change a little bit after watching some film. But this was the initial reaction, obviously, after um, uh, a real – Real bad loss of the Superdome that, I, that the guys in the locker room were were, re- were wearing very heavily yesterday. Um, certainly the case with Mark Ingram, um, who stepped right up. I mean, as soon as we entered the locker room, I saw that Mark was, you know, kind of in that position to where he could talk. And we began with this. And this is, I think, uh, this is myself and maybe some of the other media as well. But, you know, Ingram was still smarting from uh, fumbling the ball, something he doesn't really ever do. <laughs> I, I was trying to remember when he fumbled yesterday late in that game when the last time I'd seen him cough one up, and, and I, I couldn't remember. I'm sure if I dug hard enough, uh, I could find it. But then again, what, what's that get you? Anyway, here's Mark Ingram uh, yesterday after the Saints' loss. Mark, what kind of thoughts come to mind after a football game that is as wild as that one was? Uh, we fought hard. We fought hard to get back and, uh, you know, let my team down in a, in a you know, a critical most critical part of the game, so uh, take full responsibility for it, and uh, you know, got to make it up. I can't ever remember you putting a ball on the ground. What happened on that play? Can you walk me through it? Just screen play and corner to shot off the edge, and I don't know. I don't know if my knee hit it out or my foot, or I don't know what happened. But bottom line is, I got to hold on to the football, protect the ball. Can't have a turnover in that situation or any situation. Uh, you know, let my teammates down. Real critical part of the game. We're trying to, you know, make a drive to win the game. Mark, as frustrating as today was, were there times where it was hard to stay focused and put yourself in a position to where there were going to be critical moments down the stretch? I mean, you know, we were battling. You know, we were battling, and you know, we had got down, but we were making plays to get ourselves back in the game, and uh, you just had to finish. I felt like we gave ourselves a shot, and uh, you know, didn't finish. Are you surprised in any way at how this season has started this way? I'm not surprised. There's, you know, we every time we turn on the film, there's things that we're doing well, and there's reasons why we're losing. There's reasons why we're beating ourselves, turnovers, and um, you know, we got to fix that up. Continue to clean it up. Kind of a few lockers down and around the corner there was Willie Sneed, and uh, Willie scored his first NFL touchdown yesterday. But he, too, also fumbled the football in a game that saw the uh, Saints lose the uh, takeaway battle with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, I wish we could have got the win. You know, mentally, I feel like we're, we're going to be okay, you know, once we watch the film and get through it and not lack and move on to care. But, I mean, it's tough, definitely. 
even though you guys were playing from behind most all day, it seemed like it was right there within your reach. Did that give you guys that sense of, or did it add to the frustration and not be able to overtake them? I mean, the defense was playing great. Two turnovers, back-to-back -back series. I mean, that's that's all offense could ask for. And we definitely took advantage of the second opportunity. And you know, just just before that, just the fumbles, the fumble I had, I didn't I didn't help my team at all with that. And I have to be better personally. And you know, just capitalizing on you know third downs and making sure that we take advantage of our opportunities that come our way. I think we'll be okay. We just have to keep learning from our mistakes. You mentioned the turnovers, and obviously that's probably at the top of the list. But if you're looking at what what couldn't get into rhythm offensively? What what was the hardest part? I think just just chemistry and just you know being on time and you know having that just that feeling between us and Drew, the receivers, and just everybody together. We just have to be better together, offense. And I think once with that rapport and that you know chemistry that we're looking for, I think we're going to be a really good offense. Were there any specific problems in in not being able to stretch the field? Were you guys not able to get open? Was Drew hurting from a hit earlier? Did you sense anything as to as to why everything had to be underneath again today? No, I didn't sense that at all. I mean, coach coach was calling great plays, and you know we just got to execute better. Basically, at the end of the day, it's all about the execution and what he calls we have to do, and we have to make sure we do it at the highest highest level. Tell me about your first NFL touchdown, though, before we finish up, Willie. That was that was an amazing feeling. It feels good to get that under my belt and, you know, just move on now. You know, there's plenty more to come. I believe that. And I just have to eliminate the mistakes and uh, fumbling, and I'm going to make sure I do that. Finally, I want to share something from the defensive side of the football. Uh, yesterday, you know, obviously the Saints are starting two rookie linebackers and Stefan Anthony and Haoli Kakaha, but there is a little bit of veteran presence there. David Hawthorne, uh, number 57, uh, is always great to talk to, you know, game day and non-game day. I just I love the perspective that he brings. Uh, kind of has a real even head to him. So certainly this was another visit that we were uh, grateful to get after yesterday's ball game. David, it's hard to ask questions about a game like this. Uh, maybe, maybe I just thought or get your thoughts on as you walked off the field, kind of how it hit you. Um, I mean, I just think it comes down to just playing complimentary football. You know, just all phases of the ball just coming together with like one goal in mind and uh, to come out with a W, you know, and I don't think we did that today. The end of the first half, the start of the second half, it looked like Amos and his group really settled in and played with some confidence. Could you sense that on your side of the ball? Yeah, I think they made some plays, you know, just some plays, uh, you know, give him a lot of credit, man. He, he stuck in there and, and stayed calm, you know, and made the plays that he had to make. But it's uh, our job to just execute better. To your credit, your side of the ball forced two crucial turnovers late in the game. Did that give your team some hope that perhaps a bad day could turn around for the good? Yeah, I think it gave us a chance to win. You know, that's all you go out there to do, you know, just uh, keep your side of the ball together, you know, and just hope, you know, keep your head down and hope for a better outcome. Are you surprised in any way at how this has started here at 0-2? Surprised? No, because I think, I mean, we had, we had good practices and we did everything the right way. We just got to clean up some, some small things, and I think we're right there. Because it was at home today, is it, is it more frustrating in any way? I think any time you lose, it's frustrating, you know, because everything gets heightened. You know, everybody, you know, gets a little bit tighter, you know. But I think we just got to stay loose, you know, and uh, believe in the process, and it'll take care of itself. All right, so there you have it. That's a, a little of the insight from the locker room following the seven-point loss to the Buccaneers yesterday. Uh, obviously, there'll be more to come on NewOrleansSaints.com later today. John DeShazer uh, is at this moment in the locker room as we record our Black and Blue Report podcast, uh, getting some more post-game reaction. We'll get through it today, and then uh, we'll start to turn our attention to Carolina. Week three is going to be here. Uh, well, it's here in less than 24 hours as they put a wrap on 
Tampa here today. So with that being said, we'll take a quick break, come back, and we'll get a final thought in. I do want to alert you to uh, a special at Domino's today, and I'll do that next. Last year, over 400,000 people from 90 countries and all 50 states came to Auctioner to find the critical care they needed. People who could have gone anywhere made Auctioner their destination for a level of expertise, clinical research, and treatment options they couldn't find anywhere else. Auctioner and our affiliated physicians are renowned for leading-edge cardiovascular care, cancer care, pediatric care, innovative treatment of neurological disorders, and more. Our outstanding transplant program has resulted in Auctioner leading the nation in successful liver transplants for years. And today, Auctioner is partnering with physicians and strong community hospitals throughout the Gulf South to bring access to the highest quality of care closer to home. Find the care you need today. Call 866-AUCTIONER for a same-day appointment. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind. The Pelican schedule has just been released and 12 game plans are now on sale. 12 game packages, including the ever popular weekend plan, allow you to take in a couple of games a month throughout the season for as low as $199. Don't miss your chance to see NBA All-Star Anthony Davis and your Pelicans take on the biggest names in the NBA, including LeBron James, Steph Curry, Kobe Bryant, and more. Visit pelicans.com or call 525-HOOP and score your seats today. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Well, we can't certainly end on a, a negative note here on this Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report. A couple of things. Number one, on a positive note, we're one week away. One week from today, we really kind of get the Pelicans thing going in earnest. Uh, next Monday morning is a media day here on Airline Drive. And then the basketball team heads off to West Virginia to begin training camp 2015 uh, at the Greenbrier. They'll be there. Uh, for basically the work week next week, leaving on Friday late afternoon for Indianapolis and their first preseason game, which will be against the Pacers on October the 3rd. How about that? We are that close. So one more week until really the Pelican season starts. We've heard from uh, some of the guys over the last week or so, and we'll do some more of that this week on the Black and Blue Report. So that's one positive. The other positive is uh, from our good friends at Domino's Pizza, uh, Domino's is start, starting up something new with us here on the Black and Blue Report um, and with you as the Saints fans throughout the rest of the season here. Basically, when the Saints score, you score at Domino's. And that's, that's simply it. If the Saints score, <laughs> here comes the discount. Domino's is going to give you, you know, 50% off all large pizzas at menu price today only, the after the game. All you have to do is enter the promo code SAINTS at dominoes.com. Offers valid online only and at select Domino's locations. And uh, when we say online only, I think that's basically the, the best way to order pizza nowadays. Um, I did it myself over the weekend with Domino's. And I hope that you'll uh, take advantage of that special today. And again, that'll be like the day after game. So mostly on Mondays, but if the Saints play that Thursday night game, that means that Friday's your day. And then there's a Monday night game in there. Um, obviously, then we'll talk about this on a Tuesday. But win or lose, if the Saints score, you score a Domino's. Take advantage of that today at dominoes.com. Our thanks to Mark Ingram, Willie Sneed, David Hawthorne today, John DeShazer, and Steve Weich from the NFL Network. Daniel Salerson is always with me here in Studio B on Airline Drive. Daniel will be hosting tomorrow 
Uh, and as our usual Tuesday tradition during football season, he's got Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com tomorrow uh, to talk fantasy football. By the way, how'd you all do? I'm curious. You can always follow on Twitter at Sean Kelly Live, and the show's lineup is yours each and every day at Black Blue Reports. At Black Blue Report. Appreciate all the uh, insight um, that you give us about putting this show together. I think that, uh, let's see, the Snates are on the road this weekend. So we'll put off our, uh, our interaction with regard to tailgate food and cocktails. Ooh, maybe we'll do cocktails for the Dallas game. That might be a good one. When the Saints return uh, to play at home in week four, we'll maybe solicit uh, your best uh, cocktail for game day. We all may need one after uh, these first two weeks. Nonetheless, um, I'll look positively toward this weekend against Carolina and, uh, and of course, to a great week here on the Black and Blue Report. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow, anytime after noon. It's a no appointment radio. When it's done, we put it up, and it's yours to consume uh, at the best time for you. Have a great rest of your Monday, everybody, and we'll see you next time here on the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. I'm Sean Kelly. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.